I've been waiting to record this episode for what feels like forever, and I'm finally doing it, and I'm so fucking excited about it. This episode is all about ayahuasca. Conscious Pussy Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Alderetta, but pretty much everyone at this point who knows me as a shaman calls me Bird, so you can too if you like, if it suits you. Anyways, I'm super fucking stoked to be recording this episode, (laughs) and uh, it's actually, it's very fitting that I'm recording this as medicine is being brewed. So there's, uh, there's lots of ayahuasca energy going on today, and hopefully that will make for a pretty stellar episode. I'm super excited about it. And so as I was kind of writing down notes to figure out you know, exactly what I wanted to cover in this episode, I was actually having a little bit of a hard time initially because it's, it's hard to know where to begin with something like ayahuasca. There's so much that I could say about this medicine, but there's honestly a lot of, there already is a lot of stuff out there. So I really wanted to make this episode something that, you know, it's something that you're going to get value out of and not solely just another this was my crazy experience story even though those are great and those are entertaining but I think that it's important to have something that's um, some information that's well-rounded and as someone for me as someone who has both participated in lots of ceremonies and also begun walking the pretty much lifelong path of being a facilitator and facilitating ceremonies for others, I hope that that perspective will provide uh, a kind of a well-rounded overview of what ayahuasca is all about. And don't worry, I'll also get into some of the interesting, like crazy mystical shit that happens with that this medicine because it's it's such a it's such a foundational part of it is the experience of it and yeah so it's uh, it's going to be a good one i think 
a, a few things I'm going to cover in this episode just to give you a little bit of a primer. What, or maybe more accurately, who I think ayahuasca is after sitting with this medicine over and over, what I feel is happening during an ayahuasca ceremony, both as a participant and as a shaman, uh, some of the many, many ways that ayahuasca experiences can manifest. We'll talk about purging, which is something that people always seem to want to talk about, and for good reason, because it's, it's definitely a big part of the experience. Also, how to know if you might be ready to embark on an experience with this very powerful medicine, and also some of my own personal experiences with ayahuasca, both from the perspective of facilitating ceremony and participating in ceremony. So uh, because of the nature of this topic, it's going to get pretty woo-woo up in here. So strap your damn pants on, friends. <laughs> and I'm here for it. I hope you're here for it too, because that's, that's definitely what's going to be happening. Before we dive into all of that, I want to mention that I literally just launched a new program that if you're listening to this, it's possible that you might find some interest in exploring it because it is specifically to help you prepare for plant medicine ceremony like ayahuasca or even mushrooms or San Pedro, whatever the ceremony is. It covers things like what to expect before, during, and after your ceremony, intention setting, choosing the right shaman if you haven't already started to walk that path, detailed recommendations for both physical and mental dieta, including food, lifestyle, environment, journaling prompts, practices, and recommendations. It also includes tips for integration and sort of recalibrating once you get back to your regular life after ceremony. And I created it based on my personal experience, both with participating in ceremony and also as a shaman leading ceremony. It fills in what I feel are a lot of gaps in terms of participant preparation and my intention in creating it is to help others have the most transformational profound experience that's possible for them and as with all of my programs there's a money-back guarantee so if you don't get value out of it no harm no foul as a podcast listener you get 15% off the program the link is in the show notes and with that we will get started okay what is ayahuasca? Or maybe, probably, more accurately, who is ayahuasca? Mm, so mystical. I love it. I've heard so many theories about the answer to this question. There's people that feel that ayahuasca is, you know, the spirit of the earth, the spirit of plants, the spirit of the jungle. And ayahuasca is often referred to as she, or as mother, or as grandmother. And the reason for that is that most people who have experienced ayahuasca as a medicine feel that the medicine has a very feminine 
energy, a very motherly or grandmotherly energy. So I'll likely often refer to ayahuasca as she throughout this episode. So just be aware of that <laughs> if you're not um, familiar with, with ayahuasca, or if maybe this is one of your first first times dipping your toes into the, the pool of, you know, listening to this, this type of topic, just so that you're not confused. And so I want to preface my answer to this question about who slash what ayahuasca is with, I don't actually know. Nobody actually knows. It's all just a guess. <laughs> it's all just a theory based on personal experience. Nobody really knows and I don't know that there is a way to really know other than to have an experience for yourself and maybe draw your own conclusions but just as a a preface these are conclusions that I've drawn based on my experience with participating and facilitating but that's not to say that they are right or more right than somebody else's conclusions but what feels What feels aligned to me and based on my own experiences with the medicine is that, and it actually kind of took a little bit for this to develop in me, like my, my initial kind of experience and and thoughts about what ayahuasca is, was very different initially in my initial earlier experiences. And as, as my experiences have progressed, my what I feel my personal understanding and my personal relationship with this medicine has shifted a lot. So it feels aligned to me is that ayahuasca is, you know, maybe the spirit of the jungle, the spirit of the earth, but more than that, to me, ayahuasca is consciousness itself. Ayahuasca is pure consciousness. You can call it the Tao, you can call it the great mystery if you like. It's all one and the same. I actually hesitate to use the term God because there is so much baggage wrapped up in that word for so many of us. But use that word if if you feel called to it. But to me, the spirit of ayahuasca is what you are is the truth of what you are underneath all your stories, all your beliefs, underneath your identity, your personality. Ayahuasca is the truth of what you are. Which maybe it's, we're just diving right in, y'all. <laughs> diving right into the deep shit. I love it. <laughs> and um, I'm going to back that up a little bit as I, as I continue talking about this medicine, but I actually want to get into what is happening during an ayahuasca ceremony, and then as kind of as I go, I'm going to touch back on, you know, kind of circle back to what is ayahuasca, what's what's really hap- what what do I feel is really happening here, and so what's happening during an ayahuasca ceremony, and again, nobody fucking knows. <laughs> It's a mystery. There's, you know, people have lots of experiences and and that's really the best that we can do. And from a scientific perspective, you could say that the MAOYs and the DMT, which are the chemical, the active um, chemical components in the medicine are causing 
you know, a certain reaction in the body, which produces visions and spiritual and mystical experience experiences. But honestly, as a, especially as a facilitator, it feels far more complex than that. There's far more going on, especially after having experiences where I'm facilitating a ceremony and literally went into facilitating that ceremony, wanting to bring in... So there was one specific example that I can share, wanting to bring in the spirit of deer into that ceremony, almost as like a a helper. And I didn't share that with anybody. (laughs) It was just something that I did personally inside myself. And then afterwards, having more than one participant share that they saw open-eyed visions of large male deer which was like stuff like that it's so fucking cool but also so crazy like so unexplainable so so mysterious but that's really like the so much the intrigue behind ayahuasca is that the medicine is powerful and yeah there's cool things that happen like that but that's such a you know those cool mystical kind of things are such a small component of what I feel that this medicine has to offer but it's cool so there's a lot going on there under the surface that I don't know that I mean, maybe at some point science will be able to explain, but science certainly cannot explain it now, and maybe we're not meant to fully understand. But based on what it feels to me like ayahuasca really is, which I mentioned to me, ayahuasca feels like pure consciousness. What I feel is happening during a ceremony is that who you think you are, which is made up of your stories, your beliefs, your wounds, your personality, the ways that you identify are kind of able under the the guidance of the medicine, it kind of able to be swept aside for a few hours so that you're able to touch the truth of what you actually are, which is pure consciousness, which is what lies beneath all of your stories, all of the ways that you identify in the world and as a human being. And you're able to touch the truth of what you actually are, which is pure being, pure consciousness, or ayahuasca, you know, as a pure consciousness, as a uh, manifesting as a plant spirit. So we experience ayahuasca... During ceremony, we experience ayahuasca through our human senses, which is really the only way that we can experience it given our the limitations of this physical body that we're in. So during ceremony, this experience of pure consciousness, the truth of life itself, which is pure consciousness, uh, it manifests because of our limited physical senses in our human body. It manifests as visions. It manifests as feelings or emotions. It manifests as realizations or thoughts. It manifests as messages. 
So it manifests in all of these different ways, but ultimately these are pointers or physical experiences of the truth of what you are, which is pure consciousness or pure being or life itself, whatever you care to call it. And we'll, we'll get more into purging, but this is just to touch on that just, just for a moment here, but because this is, it's related to what I'm talking about. But to me, the, the purging that occurs during ceremony is ultimately us letting go of our resistance to or our fear of the truth of what is or the truth of pure consciousness or pure being or really the, the unknown because that's ultimately what it is. It's, it's beyond what our limited senses can comprehend and you know it manifests in all of these different ways and manifests through our senses and we experience it through our senses but ultimately that's not fully the truth it's maybe an aspect of what we are in truth that that we're experiencing but it's only but it's only that it's an aspect it's not the the whole of it so that pure being so ayahuasca pure being pure consciousness pure life itself doesn't exist within the realm of right and wrong, good and bad, perfect or imperfect. And so many people that have experiences with ayahuasca, that's that's how they describe her is this this being that's just this intense loving energy, but like love in the in the sense of beyond good and bad, beyond right and wrong, like loving all of it, not to, not attached to the ideas of good and bad, right and wrong, all of it, and loving all of it, being there for all of it, being present for all of it. And it's it's beyond the duality. And by duality, I mean good, bad, right, wrong, perfect, imperfect, light, dark, up, down, all of, all of the ways that as human beings we try to mold the world into something that we can understand that we can comprehend we try to mold reality into a story that that our minds can understand so essentially so that purging is kind of an act of us letting go of our resistance to what is so our resistance to what lies beyond the good bad the perfect, imperfect, the right, wrong, the light, dark, all those things that we've been conditioned to really grasp onto as a way to make sense of reality, of wor- the world, of life, of like what all, what all of this is, what's happening here. And so whatever stories or beliefs that our human form, that our human mind is capable of releasing at the time of ceremony get released and ultimately to me that's how healings might occur is that the energy that's ready to be let go of gets released through the release of stories through the release of maybe unconscious beliefs that we hold you know I've had experiences of witnessing individuals 
purging something that felt very dark, very like a very dark energy afterwards to to have that person share that what they purged was self-hatred was a belief that she wasn't enough so ultimately what gets released is beliefs or stories and that's not to say that those stories aren't painful because so oftentimes they are and so I alluded to this already but I want to dive deeper into something that I said because I think it's important in truth (laughs) and this may be challenging so I just I invite you to be open and to allow that challenge to really settle into your into your body into yourself in truth who you think you are as a human as a person is a conglomeration of stories of beliefs based on past experiences based on ideas that you've picked up from other humans somewhere along the way and based on maybe projections of future hopes or desired states that you might be able to achieve at some point and if you think about it those past experiences those ideas or opinions or beliefs that you've maybe kind of like picked up along the way those future projections of things that you'd like to achieve or a state that you'd like to get to or a person that you'd like to be at some point none of those has any actual existence right now none of them no existence right now except as an idea in your mind. So all that said, who you think you are in truth is just an idea. Who you think you are is just an idea. And ideas have no real existence. So who you think you are doesn't actually exist. And I know that that's challenging. (laughs) Trust me, I get it. And I want to, I, I really want to, before you just totally like turn this episode off right there, <laughs> you're like, okay, 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 too much. I, I want to say, and I, I really want to, this is important. That's, you know, all of that said, that's not to say that your beliefs are not valid. That's not to say that your stories are not Based that some of your stories are not based on often very painful or difficult experiences or that your ideas about who you think you are or who you want to be don't have a relative existence in your mind. Because to exist as a human being is oftentimes to experience a, a great amount of suffering. And I think it's really important to honor that and to acknowledge that. And I don't want what I just said to minimize that because that's, I mean, that's really the crux of human experience, like to experience life in, from a human perspective. And like I said, you know, that, that idea that who you think you are in truth is just an idea is very challenging. And I totally understand that. But if, so if you think about it, 
think back to who you thought you were maybe when you were 11 or 12 years old who you wanted to be who you thought you wanted to be and compare that to what exists now how different is that and does one have more truth than the other is is one of who who you thought you were when you were 11 or 12 and who you think you are now is one of those more real than the other if you really think about it, no, they're just different. But one was real to you at one point, and one is real to you now. But they're, they're different. They're not necessarily, one is not necessarily right or wrong. And so I want to say all of this, kind of bringing this back full circle, I want to say all of this because to me, the truth is that what, What's underneath what you think you are, who you think you are as a human, is peace and serenity or pure consciousness, pure being. And you can call it enlightenment, you can call it Buddha nature, you can call it oneness with all things. It really doesn't matter what words you use because words are ultimately just a way of us trying to express what really can't be expressed. I mean, we can try in so many different ways, and that's kind of the fun of, of language. But so that peace and serenity and wholeness that is the truth of what you think you are is always already inside of you. And if you look at so many different you know, Eastern philosophies, Eastern teachings, even Western spiritual teachers. You know, I, I'm not going to name any, but that, that idea is the crux of so many teachings, is that peace, serenity, wholeness, enlightenment, Buddha nature always exists inside of you. That is the truth of who and what you are. It is the truth of you. And on top of that truth, we fabricate an identity in order to move through what we per the perceived world is, in order to move through this world as a human being, we create an identity. But so the truth of you has ultimately gotten buried under wounds under experiences under stories under beliefs and it's gotten obscured the truth of you has gotten obscured by human suffering which is kind of innate to the human experience but that truth of you that peace that serenity that buddha nature that enlightenment is always there if you look hard enough and now to bring this full circle ayahuasca and other plant medicines, to me, from where I have sat as a facilitator, helps us to push through that suffering and to touch this place, to touch this truth of what we are, to touch this peace, to touch this serenity, to touch that which sits beyond 
all explanation to, that sits beyond what our senses are really capable of comprehending. And, you know, <laughs> granted, we may have to experience more suffering during an ayahuasca ceremony so that we can touch that place. But so many people during ayahuasca ceremonies have these incredible, mystical, spiritual, transcendental, unexplainable, unknowable experiences that cannot be expressed in words. And it's one of those things where if you, when you meet somebody who has experienced it, you don't need words. You just, you can feel it. You can tell that they know that they've experienced what you've experienced. And it's so cool. So to me, what's happening during ceremony is that ayahuasca allows us to touch, to remember what we really are, even if it's just for a few hours. And then it, it does that through allowing us to process emotions, process traumas, process stress, move through things that have challenged us in our lives to let go of things, heavy things that we're carrying around so that going for, so that we have a touchstone, so that going forward we have a touchstone that we can refer back to and say, ah, I know what that feels like because I've experienced that place. I've experienced that place of serenity, of mystery, of wonder. And that's, to me, that's really the the potent medicine of ayahuasca, the potent medicine of plant medicines, specifically psychedelic plant medicines. So ayahuasca helps you let go of who you think you are, who you think you've been, things that are not serving you, to let go of your suffering, to release things in your life that are keeping you from experiencing the truth of that peace and that serenity that is always within you. And it's so cool. And that said, <laughs> ayahuasca experiences can be challenging. They can be really fucking challenging. Not always, not all of them. They can be challenging. They can be extraordinarily confronting sometimes. You know, I've had times where I am really confronted with a a belief that I have been clinging to and I realize like, wow, that shit's been holding me back. And then afterwards I'm like, oh, fuck. I feel so much different. I feel lighter. I feel more at ease, more at peace. And ayahuasca experiences can also be beautiful and light and mystical and amazing. They can be so many different things. And the tendency is that the more you are resisting letting go, the more you resist letting go of whatever it is you need to release, whatever story, whatever belief, whatever wound, if you're resisting purging, if you're resisting going into, you know, maybe a painful experience because you don't want to feel that pain again, the more you resist the tendency, and this is not always, but 
usually the more you resist, the more suffering you're going to experience. Because that's what ayahuasca is trying to do, is to help you transcend human suffering so you can touch the place where suffering does not exist. Touch the place that lies beyond the human mind where suffering does not exist. And you'll, you'll get exactly what you need in ayahuasca ceremony. Ayahuasca is beautiful that way. It gives you exactly what you need. It will help you release only exactly what you're ready to release. It'll take you exactly as far as you're ready to go. It'll challenge you exactly as much as you're ready to be challenged. And that's, that's why so many people call it like a, a mother energy or a grandmother energy because she's very, I mean, stern when needed. <laughs> I've had uh, experiences where I've gotten... Um, like a stern, what felt like a stern talking to, and like was very confronted with some things inside myself. But it's also in this way that is, you know, it's not catering to your feelings, but it's exactly what you need, exactly what you need to hear, exactly what you need to experience, which is so beautiful. But I don't want you to necessarily take my word for it. Don't take my word for any of it. <laughs> This is just my, this is just a perspective, one of, you know, millions of perspectives that exist. So don't take my word for any of it, because you really have to experience the medicine to really understand what I'm talking about, which is a great segue into how do you know if you're ready? You know, that, that's something that I hear that a lot of people ask me, you know, I have friends that ask me and you know, how do, how do I know if I'm ready? You know, I feel a little, I feel kind of nervous. I feel like this could really be helpful for me, but ooh, I'm, I'm just, I'm just not sure. So how do you know if you're ready? So there's lots of ways to really sit with this. I think the biggest one is going to be intuition and, you know, really just like, what do you feel? Is it something that keeps popping up in your life? It, it sometimes, you know, oftentimes what happens is that the medicine, ayahuasca will kind of call to you in a way when you're ready, when it's time. And this could take the, this could look like serendipitous experiences. So for example, suddenly having a boatload of podcasts podcast episodes like this one <laughs> or articles suddenly popping up about ayahuasca when maybe that's never happened in your life before. So if this is popping up for you, maybe pay attention. You know, it's not to say that you should go jump into a ceremony right now, but you know, something to pay attention to, see if it's popping up elsewhere. So that's very typical. The medicine will often call to you when you're ready and a lot of it is, so much of it is intuition, you know, just feeling that it's time, like maybe you're in a place in your life where you've done a lot of inner work, but maybe there's, you're just having such a hard time letting go of, you know, something in particular, or 
there's just like a nagging anxiety in your life or whatever it is and you feel like you've tried so many things and you're just kind of frustrated or at your wits end or whatever it is and just kind of desperate willing to try anything and so often that's how people find their way to ayahuasca is they kind of find their way there because they're at the end of their rope and they don't know where else to turn they've tried all of the you know maybe conventional western things and they're just looking for something different and um that's that's often kind of how it happens so the the intuitive piece of ayahuasca will often yeah it often comes like from deep inside of you and it's maybe something that'll say like oh I, th- I think this could really help me I think I could really benefit from this so listen to that piece versus all the fear in your mind and I have an episode I don't remember what the episode number is but I have an a podcast episode that literally is all about distinguishing intuition from mind or how to how like really how to listen to your gut and I'm looking that up right now for you so it is episode number 10 mind versus intuition and I would recommend going back and listening to that if you're you know, listening to me talk and being like, oh, maybe I'm ready. Is my intuition telling me that I'm ready? That episode is all about how to distinguish what your intuition is telling you. So next up, how an ayahuasca experience might manifest. And so this is, this section is, is really kind of the meat of what I was hoping to communicate in this episode because there's so much out there that exists already around people's experiences with ayahuasca you can go on youtube podcast spotify whatever and you'll find countless experiences of like oh this is the crazy this was my crazy ayahuasca experience or i did ayahuasca for the first time and it was crazy and these are the visions i had and etc etc there's so much of that that exists so what I want to talk about is you know all of the the different ways that an experience might manifest or that an experience might look because you know we're the mind is really good at creating expectations so we listen maybe to a couple of podcasts and it's like oh these people had crazy visions so then there becomes this expectation inside of you that like oh I'm gonna have crazy visions And that's not always necessarily the case, and that can kind of set you up to be disappointed if you are unconsciously creating expectations. And there are literally as many different types of ayahuasca experiences as there are people. No two ceremonies are alike. You know, a single person might have one ceremony where they have zero visions and might have another ceremony where they're having crazy visions. And different people like different bodies are going to react to the medicine sometimes in totally different ways some people have intense visions and you've probably heard about people seeing machine elves or pythons or panthers and you know I've spoken to individuals who have been visited by loved ones who have died through visions and have had like really profound visionary experiences but For a lot of other people, 
visions are really only a secondary aspect of the experience or maybe a very small aspect of the experience. So for me personally, I tend to have very few visions. I can probably count on one hand the number of times that I've had a vision experience on ayahuasca and you know but that's just me you know my body is different for you know psychedelic plant medicines for me that's typical I'm not a super visually oriented person sight is definitely not a gift of mine and you know would it be badass to have crazy visions and meet some machine owls like yeah that'd probably be pretty cool but that's just not how I best receive messages. That's not how I best learn lessons. And that's just not how I'm set up. My ceremonies tend to be very cerebral, very body-oriented, very deeply sensory and somatic. And I tend to get messages in ceremony either by hearing them in my head or via intuition or as knowings that arise inside of me. And I very, like I said, I very rarely have profound visions and that's normal for me. And so I just want to create some expectation. Or maybe it's better, the better way to say it is I want to break down <laughs> some expectations that have likely been created through hearing other people's experiences with ayahuasca. So that's, so for me, I'm very body oriented. So some people hear messages. Some people have no visions at all and maybe hear messages. Some people see visions only with their eyes closed. Other people sometimes see visions with their eyes open. Some people see fractal patterns when they close their eyes but really don't get, you know, visions besides that. They don't have things visit them. Um, some people receive messages by hearing sounds outside of them that they're, that feel like they're coming from an external source. And some people hear messages only internally, kind of like hearing your own voice inside your head. That's That tends to be how I hear messages in ceremony. And, you know, some people have tend to have just generally overall tend to have easier ceremonies because maybe in life they learn lessons a little bit easier or they just learn lessons a little bit differently whereas other people who maybe in their life or you know maybe would be described as a little bit more hard-headed or tend to learn lessons the hard way maybe need to get their ass kicked a little bit in order to learn a lesson or to let go of something that needs to be let go of and ayahuasca is so cool in that way that the experiences can really come through any of your bodily senses. And she tends to know how you learn best. Some people are visual learners. Some people are auditory learners. Some people are somatic learners. You know, I, and I, I would actually be really curious. I haven't talked to enough people or asked this specific question to enough people, but it would, I would actually be really curious if our learning styles actually maybe synchronize with the ways that our psychedelic experiences tend to manifest. Because I tend to be, the way that I learn best in the world is by doing things. And my ayahuasca experiences are very somatic. They're very body-oriented. 
you know, I have to like feel something in ceremony in order to really get it, which, you know, kind of aligns with the way that I learn in the world. So I'd, I'd actually be really curious um, to, to hear from people if, you know, maybe somebody who is a very visual learner, you know, they, they learn by like looking at pictures and looking at visuals and things like that if maybe their ayahuasca experiences tend to be more visual. That wouldn't surprise me one bit. It would be pretty cool to explore. So that is a a good segue into the topic of purging. (laughs) I love talking about purging because this, this is very frequently, or it seems at least, to me that this is very frequently like the thing that people are most nervous about you know when I talk to people and ask them like how they're feeling people say nervous or like they say like oh I don't I just don't want to throw up I don't want to feel sick to my stomach you know because so many of us have had just like I don't know kind of shitty experiences being sick like being sick doesn't feel good So there's kind of like a negative association there, which totally makes sense. And also, let's face it, we're kind of afraid of being uncomfortable. We don't like being uncomfortable. We've created a society of, you know, always making ourselves comfortable (laughs) in in the world. And it's, it's funny, though, that, you know, from a certain perspective, like the fear of purging, like after having your mind totally blown open, the fear of purging feels just almost like insignificant and also I want to very plainly openly admit that I say that as someone who still gets hesitant about it because you know I still have that I still I still feel a little nervous sometimes and I still sometimes I'm like oh it's like you know, I just like feel a little bit nervous because maybe I have an intuition that I'm going to have a hard ceremony. And, you know, I really have to catch myself in those moments and kind of laugh at myself because the, I mean, the human mind just doesn't enjoy uncertainty. It doesn't enjoy discomfort. And the mind is really great at turning physical discomfort into stories and suffering. But That said, purging can take so many forms. I know the classic one that most of us think of when we hear about ayahuasca, when we think about ayahuasca, is vomiting. And that's definitely a common one because ayahuasca is a purgative. It is, you know, as a different medicines are kind of broken up into different categories based on what they do. So in herbalism, you know, different medicines act on different systems in the body and ayahuasca can be classified as a purgative which are medicines that induce vomiting that can induce vomiting but that's not always the case but that that is a a common one um but i I do want to say that based on so many people that i've talked to and based on personal experiences the the nausea and the vomiting that comes along with an ayahuasca ceremony actually feels really different than the vomiting that a lot of people have probably experienced in the past from like food poisoning or the flu or you know whatever it is it's just it's it's just different uh so many thing so many people that I've talked to 
really all say very similar things that when when you purge from ayahuasca you know what you're getting rid of it's maybe like you're purging a, a, a specific emotion or you're getting rid of a specific experience or a thought pattern or an idea or a belief or whatever it is like but in that moment when you're feeling nauseous and you're getting ready to purge or you're trying to purge or your body's trying to purge, you typically know what it is that you're getting rid of. So, and, and because of that, there's a huge relief that comes along with it. Like when you do finally purge, it's just like this, it, it makes the discomfort worth it because there's this energetic like lightness, like, oh, I don't have to carry that thing around anymore. Oh, that feels so good. So it's, it's just, it feels really different and I want to make that distinction, but purging can also take a lot of other forms and, you know, like, you know, in, in the same way that different ceremonies manifest in different ways. Some people have really intense visions. Some people have almost no visions. Some people, you know, cry a lot. Some people experience emotions. Like there's so many different ways that that an ayahuasca experience can manifest and the same goes for purging like purging can look so many different ways purging can take the form of having to poop and number twos during ceremony and you know that's something that some people experience I've personally up to this point been very blessed and have not had that experience but, you know, even I'm laughing right now because even as I say that, I'm like, oh, ayahuasca is, she's going to be like, oh, I'll, I'll show you, girl. <laughs> so I'm not going to, I'm not even going to begin to brag about not having done that because it'll come back and uh, bite me in the butt, so to speak. But purging can take the form of pooping. It can be sweating. Like some people get intense like sweats or chills it can take the form of crying it can take the form of laughing it can take the form of burping it can be you know physical shaking in the body it can be yawning or vocalizing some people you know in ceremonies get the sudden urge to speak or, you know, say a word over and over, maybe even um, vocally expressed through yelling to release something. It might be big sighs. It could be grunting. Really anything that you can think of. It can, it can look so many different ways. So I, I've had so many experiences where in ceremony I'm feeling nauseous and, you know, maybe I have this idea in my mind that like, oh, I'm going to purge. It's going to, I'm so, I guess I should get ready to throw up. And then I end up, it ends up somehow like rolling into crying and the nausea goes away because the crying was my purge or, you know, I'm feeling nauseous and feeling like, oh, maybe there's a purge coming. And then I end up, you know, just letting out a burp and then I feel great. <laughs> So it can take so many different forms. I don't want there to be a created expectation in your mind that that during an ayahuasca ceremony you're definitely going to throw up because that's not always the case. There's people that go through whole ceremonies without throwing up once. I've gone through ceremonies without throwing up and I've gone through ceremonies where my head's in my bucket the whole time. And 
you know, it just, it totally depends. It depends on what you need. It depends on the lesson that you need to learn. And it, it, there's just so much that goes into it. There's so many variables that are so hard to, it makes it impossible to predict what it might look like. And, but like I said, so for me personally, while I've definitely vomited during ayahuasca ceremonies, my, so purging for me tends to mainly take the form of crying or even more often than that, physical shaking. So like I said, I'm a very somatic person and I tend to convulse during ayahuasca ceremonies and not in a dangerous way. It's like, um, if you, there's, I think I have an episode also about how kind of how like trauma energy gets released in the body but if you are interested there's a youtube video i think it's called if you youtube search polar bear shaking off trauma there's a shaking response in the body that happens in order to discharge energy and um so i think the one that i'm thinking is so I have an episode called trauma illness in your period and I think I cover the shaking response in that one if I'm not mistaken I actually don't fully remember but I think I do but yeah my body tends to shake so I kind of convulse a little bit during ceremony but the internal experience of that is a knowing that I'm shaking off an energy that is no longer serving me and after it happens it just like it's just, it's a huge relief. So it's kind of similar to the other forms of purging. And I mentioned this earlier, but I do want to mention it again, just a little tip on purging, uh, to make your purging experience maybe a little bit less uncomfortable is that one thing I found both for myself, heard from other people, seen in other people, if you are trying to resist purging, you're going to have a bad time. <laughs> that's not always, but that's a tendency. If you're the really big thing with ayahuasca, with plant medicines, generally speaking, is such a big part of the experience is letting go, surrendering control, just giving over control to the medicine. And I know that that can be really hard to do. So it's it's very common for people to, I mean, even in life, you know, we, when we feel, maybe feel nauseous, we're just like, oh, I don't want to throw up. So we just maybe keep swallowing it down or just, you know, trying to prevent it. But the thing with ayahuasca is that's just going to prolong the inevitable and it's better. I found from personal experience, it's just, it's better to just go with it and just allow it as much as you can so when you're trying to hang on to control in whatever way the your ayahuasca experiences tend to be a lot harder they tend to be more challenging not always but that is what i the the link that i have noticed so that's my tip for you <laughs> let it go baby let it go <laughs> so i i do want to share some some more a couple of my um I guess a handful of my personal ayahuasca experiences because there are a lot of really interesting ones. And one of my, <laughs> one of my very favorite ones, 
also happens to be the hardest, most challenging ceremony that I have ever been a participant in. So I was not facilitating this ceremony. I was participating and um, it was being facilitated by my mentor and who also is now one of my, my best friends. And so the the funny thing about this one is that um, <laughs> oh, it's just so funny. She had had a dream a few days before that she had told me about. And she's like, I don't know what this means. So, you know, like, don't make anything of it. But I wanted to share this dream. And she's like, it sounds really morbid, but just hear me out. So in this dream, she was literally bashing me over the head with a rock. And my head was all bloody. But then I looked at her and I said, thank you. Thank you so much for doing that. Oh, I feel so much better. And that was the whole dream. She's like, I don't know what it means. And it's very weird and a little bit dark, but... You know, it, and it's, but it's funny that literally a few days later I was participating in this ceremony and um, I had already taken one cup of medicine and she came over to check on me to see if I wanted a second cup and my intuition said, yes, you need a second cup. Because up until that point I wasn't really feeling anything and literally the moment that the word yes came out of my mouth that first cup hit me hard and I was just like oh shit what have I just done I just said yes <laughs> to a second cup <laughs> this okay what am I getting myself into and it was funny because as she comes over to serve me the second cup I had this flash in my head of as she was handing me the second cup that that second cup <laughs> was the metaphorical rock. So that was her giving, beating me in the head with the metaphorical rock. And it's funny because after the ceremony, we were talking and she, she mentioned that she had the exact same thought at the same moment. So it's just so funny that that ended up being one of my hardest ceremonies. And um, actually, interestingly, that the... <laughs> I actually did end up sort of getting bashed in the head during that ceremony very literally because there was, you know, that, that was probably the most intense purging that I had undertaken at that point, but it was also by far, you know, a, a great ceremony. It ended up being like so transformative. I let go of so much shit, but, um, my head was in my bucket pretty much the whole time. And, um, there was one time where I went down to throw up and I was just so out of it, but I went down so hard and so fast that the bridge, I hit the bridge of my nose so hard on the edge of my bucket and it was bruised for days after that. So I literally did like bash myself in the head, which is just the, the whole experience of it, just in retrospect, was funny and perfect and exactly what I needed, but ended up purging the possession of by knowledge, which sounds really weird, but, you know, when you think about it, we like to think that we know or understand things. You know, there's so much of human culture that goes into science and trying to figure out why things are the way they are or why things work and it helps us as human beings to feel more comfortable but you know especially in this ceremony 
And, you know, I knew this beforehand, but it like really got hammered home then that we really know nothing. Like we really don't know anything and we really can't know anything. And even like, if you look at the latest theories in quantum physics, it's like reality just doesn't make sense. Like we can't, you know, we can think that like, okay, like the human body works this way, but then when you go down to the quantum level, it's like everything stops making sense. So like, if you really think about it, we can't actually know anything because we don't, we don't know what anything is made up of. So how can we know how anything works? But that's, yeah, just my own little, um, soapbox, I guess. But uh, yeah, that ceremony was really transformational for me. By far the hardest one I've ever had, but I just, that whole experience of just getting like, you know, receiving the second cup and being like, oh, I'm about to get bashed in the head with a rock. And I ended up bashing myself in the head on my bucket. So it was hilarious and perfect. But so another experience that I had, which was more healing related. So I do want to share kind of a, a multitude of different types of experiences that I've had is, and I think this would, um, now that I'm thinking about it now, or now that I'm, as I'm speaking, I think this was one of the few ceremonies that I've had where I had a really vivid vision and it was just a split second, but I had this vivid vision of like being a washing machine and like being, getting washed out like ayahuasca, like washing my insides, like a washing machine. It was really interesting. But I, in this ceremony, I essentially healed my relationship with my mother. And my relationship with my mom had been really strained for a really long time, for years at that point. And I had a lot of unresolved anger towards her. I felt very misunderstood by her. I felt abandoned in a lot of ways and you know I had had experiences in the past of pouring my heart out to her and ultimately getting rejected and you know it was just in a place where I just just felt deeply wounded and I was holding on to a lot of stories about who I thought she was or you know holding on to beliefs that maybe like I wasn't good enough or whatever it was but there was a lot of unconscious stories and beliefs going on as a result of those experiences but essentially what happened what my experience was in the ceremony was that ayahuasca kind of forced me to personally experience a deep trauma that my mother went through when she was younger and I'm not going to get into what exactly what that is because that's not mine to share but it was something that when she was young, really shaped everything about who she is now and the way that she moves through the world. And it was a really, a really profound ceremony because I felt in that ceremony very intuitively that the memory of that traumatic experience had gotten passed down to me through her DNA into my DNA and was had actually lived in my body throughout my life and was contributing to a lot of my personal dis-ease. And during that ceremony, I felt, you know, ayahuasca, like, kind of walked me through the whole 
trauma that she had experienced and I felt every emotion of it. And I had known prior, you know, just a little, you know, had heard little bits, you know, so I, I knew a little bit about this thing that had happened to her or this experience that she had had, but I felt every emotion of it. I felt every fear. I felt every pain of that experience. Like I I personally felt it in my own experience. And, you know, I cried really deeply and I felt so connected to her and there was so much empathy and compassion that I had never had before. And all I wanted to do was just hug her and hold her and, that experience completely changed the way that I think about her and completely changed the way that I view viewed our relationship. And it just, there was something about that, that the, you know, every bit of the anger that I was holding, every bit of the feeling misunderstood, all of the tension that I felt towards her just melted. It totally melted and it softened something in me that, desperately needed softening and ever since then our relationship has steadily been improving and you know we're we've been forming a friendship which is like really beautiful and cool and something that you know a few years ago I never could have imagined or anticipated and you know ayahuasca was like pivotal and facilitating that for me so I'm super grateful for it um and let's see there's a couple more that I want to share. So it, there was one ceremony where I was forced to confront my fear of being a shaman or being a facilitator. And essentially the medicine told me, like, you know this is what you're supposed to be doing. You know this is what you're here for. And I was just like, fuck, yeah, you're right, I know. But I realized just how afraid I was, how, you know, there were so many thoughts so many beliefs in my mind about like am I really capable of this am I really ready for this have I really done enough inner work on myself to be to support others is this really like oh this is like really out there you know like I've spent my whole life kind of breaking out of the box but like this is really far outside of that box that I grew up in And is this really what I want to dedicate the rest of my life to? And there was like major imposter syndrome, major imposter syndrome. And, you know, ayahuasca really kind of forced me to sit in it, like sit in that fear and feel it and confront it and make friends with it. And I cried some of the biggest sobs of my life. And it was like this huge reckoning inside of myself. But afterwards, I felt, I just felt so capable and I didn't feel afraid anymore. And that was really the first ceremony too that, you know, it, um, so like the first part of that ceremony was really me releasing. And then the second half of that ceremony was like an opportunity for me to feel into that ceremony space. And, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend this for for most people because, um, you know, so much of ayahuasca ceremony is going internally and doing internal work, but because of the nature of the, the work that I've been called to do, it, it manifested a little bit differently for me, but the first part of that ceremony was deep, deep inner work. 
and really facing off with that fear of facilitating. And then, you know, there were moments that were so beautiful where the medicine said to me, like, look at your mentors up there. Do, do they look afraid? Like, they're just sitting up there, like, having, you know, having a nice time. They're, they're doing their thing. Like, it's okay. Like, you don't have to be afraid. And, you know, I spent some time in that ceremony, really, like, feeling into the ceremony space and, you know, kind of tuning into the different energies that were in that space with the other participants and kind of witnessing my mentors as they were facilitating and, you know, really, like, feeling into that space and just, like, getting to this place inside myself where I was like, fuck, yeah, I could, like yeah, I could do this. Like, I could really do this. Like, it's, and like, really, there is a, um, a respect, like a deep respect that was created for that role, too, because I was, as I was watching them, you know, there was a moment of like, you know, they're just doing their thing. And like, they're not afraid, you don't need to be afraid, like, you're good. But there was also this really big kind of respect that was gained witnessing them and just being like, wow, what a hard role, like what a hard job to have to hold space for the kind of healing that takes place in those, in those ceremony spaces. Like, wow, like that's hard. That's hard work. And that takes a lot of strength to do that. And it was just like a reckoning inside myself of like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. That's what I've been kind of what I've been like, you know, indirectly or, unofficially training for through all the things that I've been through in my life and all the inner work I've done and yeah it was it was a really incredible experience and um this last one that I want to share with you is a um it's a really good one to kind of come full circle on the things that this this episode has kind of dived into because in this particular ceremony I merged with ayahuasca and I became ayahuasca and you know this was kind of like my first peek into into kind of how I view ayahuasca and like where my view of like ayahuasca is you you are ayahuasca you are the medicine the medicine is always in you it's just, you know, moving your beliefs and your stories out of the way long enough for you to access that medicine that always exists within you. And I think that's such a profound, beautiful way to look at it. But in this experience that I had, I actually merged with the medicine and it was incredible. It was, um, I, I don't remember exactly how it came about, but I just, I think I had... I don't know if it happened, you know, what order it happened in. I don't know if I had the realization that I was ayahuasca. And then there was like a physical merging or if the physical merging happened. And then there was a realization. I don't really, I don't quite remember. But I, you know, there was this physical like energetic merging of me and the medicine where I felt the experience of having, like accessing the pure consciousness, the pure power, the detachment, the strength, all of, like the love, all of it, like this deep, deep merging with that. And I realized that I like I am ayahuasca and ayahuasca is me. 
and ayahuasca is what we are at our core is pure consciousness and you know I felt this feeling of the medicine's power coursing through my body and feeling the kind of the spirit of ayahuasca merge with every single cell in my body merge with my very being and felt this like energy this pulsing radiating from my body and just this like knowing deep inside me that I am the medicine like the medicine is me I am the medicine and that's not to sound ego like egoic or anything because what I've come to realize is that whoever utters those words is speak you know they're telling the truth like you are the medicine the medicine is you you are pure consciousness like that is that is what ayahuasca is that is what you are like that is the medicine like you are the medicine it is always inside of you ayahuasca just gives you the ability to access it long enough that you can release what you need to release or gain what you need to gain and it's so beautiful and that experience like it really removed all of the fear that I had of ayahuasca or all of the yeah because I think for some of us like we kind of fear and that's natural like because ayahuasca is very powerful and you know it really got rid of that fear and it created a deep trust in the medicine and in my ability to work with the medicine and to facilitate ceremony for others and to hold space for others and to really like it was almost like the creation of kind of like an allyship with ayahuasca that like I am a vessel for pure consciousness to work through to support others and yeah that knowing was really beautiful and um it was awesome so those are some of my personal very some of my very favorite experiences that I've had with ayahuasca among many others which I am very hopeful that this will just be the first of many episodes about ayahuasca on my podcast especially as I step into this work but I just want to give you a quick reminder about the program that I just released and as a podcast listener you get 15% off and there's a money-back guarantee, so if you don't like it, no sweat, let me know, and I will refund your money. But it is basically a guide as, you know, from a shaman's perspective about how to prepare for a plant medicine ceremony, whether it's ayahuasca or mushrooms, how to use those medicines in a healing capacity, and how to get the most transformational experience that's possible for you. And, you know, I hope that it fills gaps that I see in people as they're stepping into ceremony. So I hope that it's, I hope that um, those of you who do decide to explore that get some help from it. And yeah, that's kind of wrapping up this episode. I love this medicine. I just want to say that it is so deeply humbling to kind of have the understanding that I have been chosen to be an ally for this beautiful medicine among others that I work with and to facilitate an experience in people of 
the truth of what they are, which is Buddha nature, enlightenment, serenity, peace, whatever you want to call it. I'm just so humbled to be able to witness people letting go of stories and touching that place of truth and peace and coming out the other side with mystical, unexplainable healings, both physical healings, emotional, mental healings, and yeah, just like leaving a totally different being and it's it's really cool. So I appreciate you tuning in and I can't wait to talk about this subject again because it is one of my very favorite things and I hope you got a lot out of it and I will see you next time. Peace.